Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikhe Anani and I'm your host. The Connected Generation, here we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses. And how can you be better connected to generations in your family and other genders? So that's a little bit about us. A bit about our guest this week, Sasha Jansen is a cracking human being. He's all the way from Frankfurt in Germany, and he's a real estate investment entrepreneur, a family business owner with his own growing family, proud father of three kids. And he's also, like me, a little bit obsessed with this whole concept of meaningful wealth, legacy wealth, and is also a podcast host, host of the True Wealth Project. And with this, he really explores wealth being meaningful and how to create a positive legacy for families. So we had a really, really great conversation on his journey, his insights that he's learned from the podcast and his work in real estate investing. So I'd encourage you to tune in and enjoy. Thank you. Hello, Sasha. Welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Hi there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yes, this should be it should be great. Can you introduce yourself and kind of walk us through your journey? I know you were very passionate about real estate investing and you're an entrepreneur, but how did you get here? Yeah, um well, um I I I suppose I've always been interested in the built environment even even as a kid and um that that somehow led me in in conjunction with the fact that my dad was kind of uh, an inspiration to me in terms of you know being entrepreneurial minded and and uh so forth so it led me to the to to my studies um and and basically i studied uh, real estate valuation and finance in in london and then i returned to frankfurt just found myself a job here and um and i just worked in the industry for um a bit more than a decade before I set up my own business, um, which which had always been on my mind and been my intention to be self-employed, to be an entrepreneur, and and to do my own thing. And mm. um, I started off initially as a as a service provider, but uh, relatively soon uh, also started to invest in property myself together with partners. And mm. and basically the business evolved from there. It it, it grew. We are now a team of seven, and uh, we still provide real estate related services in in terms of property management and asset management for properties here in Germany um, as, a, as a pure service, but we also serve our own assets. So it's about a 50-50 mix of my own investments together with joint venture partners and, and um, serving others uh, as a service provider. And um, well, in 2010, uh, our first son was born, and and that's when, mm. when things started to become a bit more um, family business angled, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. And that's when when questions uh, about longevity, succession, and and legacy, etc., started coming to the fore, forefront of my mind. And that's when I started. Well, actually, at, at some point later, I started uh, what I now call the True Wealth Project. And as part of that, uh, I also started the True Wealth Project podcast, which basically evolves around those areas. You know, how, how do you manage your wealth? How do you make it a force mm. for good? Um, how do you achieve impact? How do you uh, make it work for your purpose? What is your purpose in the first place? 
and also how do you how do you arrange it and, and structure it in a way that you can leave a lasting legacy for your family and future generations to come and how do you, how can you make sure that we all live on a planet that's worth living on mm. i find that so interesting i remember in our introductory call i mentioned that my thinking um towards legacy and succession began also when i became a mother that was really yeah. when i started to think really outside of myself to be perfectly honest and outside of my lifetime so i find it really fascinating that yourself also you started your journey um discovering and exploring you know as you said true wealth yeah. at that point in your your life yeah it was quite a um, I, i mean is I, i don't want to say that these questions hadn't been on, on my mind before but they were certainly not the priority in my life and uh, you know yeah. I, the, the the plan was always to make lots of money then give back to society and the planet but that's completely changed and i'm i'm more along the lines of oh i i have to start giving and and, and improving things now rather than than later mm. i i and i think that's a huge generational shift isn't it i think in um the prior generation were more kind of um a season of business a season of investing a season of philanthropy or at least yeah. if not in like sequential seasons yeah separate activities Yeah. But now we're seeing everything just kind of blurring into one where it's like the business is a force for good um yeah. you know and I find that really really interesting. You you mentioned that um you made a journey, you know, that switch from entrepreneur so to speak to thinking more legacy. And in your view, what are the key when you were an entrepreneur building the business and when you had that aha ooh we need to think a bit more wider about the purpose and the meaning of wealth etc what are what what were the key differences in those different seasons well i suppose i suppose i started detaching myself from the business and i i like to differentiate between mm. between being self employed and being an entrepreneur and i was self employed up until that point because i was just basically hustling uh you know developing the business but the business was me and my investments were me and it was all me 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 centered around me somehow and 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 at that point in time i started looking at myself more as a i suppose as a steward of something yeah. and as as somebody who's who's here to develop something that needs to be passed on to someone else and that all of a sudden you take a different uh, perspective on things and you become more a shareholder and an entrepreneur than 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 you are self-employed and work in the business so i still find it hard to really detach from the business and extract myself from the day-to-day -day operations but i'm working really hard to to basically make the business independent from myself mm. and i think that applies not only to business it also applies to my personal finances because something there's something that i hadn't really um bothered to to think about in in any structured form at all so so basically i always concentrated on making enough money but mm. i never really took the time to organize that in a way that it becomes uh, self sustainable or what what people nowadays call passive income and um and th and then use that um you know to to achieve something else as a as a means to an end rather than uh mm. something that that is the ultimate end goal what you said has just made my head just like i've never thought about it 
this way, the distinction between self-employed and entrepreneur. Yeah. Because when you're self-employed, you're just like hustling and stressing. It's just another job. Yeah. Well, exactly. Probably giving yourself like six jobs, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. It, I think it's very interesting because once you start shifting your mind into that entrepreneurial or shareholder mindset, things start to look different. And and I mean, I know I know other people who've made that shift and who've made it much quicker than I have, but um, mm. I still think it's it's uh, it's it's worthwhile having or making that shift and uh, and and looking at things more from a bird point of view and um, looking at looking at business from a distance and 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 developing it in that way that it's really more system than than anything else and it becomes independent from you as a person. Hmm. Because you've gone through this evolution yourself. Um, if we've got someone listening, like, gosh, that sounds really idealistic. Um, I don't have the time to step back. If I step back, everything will fall apart. What do you have to say to them? What practical steps can they take? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, big caveat, I'm, I'm not there yet. So we're still on the journey ourselves. And, and um, I do find it challenging. And I'm still, for my liking, too much involved in the day-to-day operations of our business. But um, just for example, uh, you can take many steps and, and just think about, I mean, every business has, has processes that, that the business or the people in the business repeat every day. Like in our case, yeah. it's property management. We need to collect the rents every month and, and do the bookkeeping and, and, and send out some reporting, et cetera. So those are things that we keep doing in month in, month out. And, and we can just simply either write them down on a piece of paper or record them on video while we're doing them and then say, okay, this is how we do it. Mm. And then you can take the next step and, and start thinking about, you know, how can we optimize that? How can we automate it? Maybe partially at least. And how can we make it independent from individual people? Uh, and, and a big step of that is documentation of the processes. Um, and, and at this point in time, we, we are um, currently creating a, I call it a, an operational dashboard, which I like to look at as, as a remote control for my business. And basically, I sat down and, and thought, okay, what, what are the key processes that we have to repeat every month to make sure that the property runs smoothly? And we just, you know, put them on a list. And, and now we, we've got that uh, split by property by property, mandate by mandate, and we just basically fill it in every month and make sure that everything is completed. So we can't really forget anything. Mm. So that's just another example of, of how you can do that. I mean, it, it's taken us, well, I guess, two years to come to this point and, and, and to develop that remote control dashboard. But um, yeah, I, I think you just have to start somewhere and think, you know, how can I automate? How can I document? How can I make things independent from myself? What happens if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? Exactly. Uh, and the, the, the business still needs to continue. It still needs to provide for my family. And, mm. and that has to be the aim. Mm. No, this is fantastic. Um, what um, I really love is that, you know, in as business owners, there are things we do every day that are just like mundane and a lot of us don't actually enjoy this repeatable tasks. They're just yeah. a pain in the ass. They take time. They're just boring. And this is actually freeing up your time. 
to do stuff that you do love and where your skills can be best deployed to grow the business. Exactly. Um, and um, what I also love is the link between this kind of operational process, manual type of um, work and the wider legacy. Without this documentation, legacy is really difficult because... Yes. No one else can step in your shoes, like you said, heaven yeah. forbid you get hit over by a bus or even um, you want to move on and set up a foundation and run that. Yeah. Um, documenting these makes it so much easier for someone else to step into your shoes, yeah. understand what it is that you guys you do and then yeah. add their flavor and their stamp to it. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, it, it, it makes the business uh, more valuable yeah. and that could either mean uh, you know, at some point it can be sold to some external investor if possibly there might not be a successor. I mean, I I, I would want one of my kids to take over and continue the business, but mm-hmm. I, will, I certainly will not force them. So, you know, it's their choice. It's my task to um, to spark that interest, but it's their choice to actually, you know, take on the responsibility and say, yes, dad, I want to take over and I want to work in the business. But if that doesn't work out, you know, I need to think plan B, and, uh, you know, consider who else would buy the business. And I think it makes it much more, a much more uh, valuable asset if you've got these systems in place. Mm, for sure, for sure. I love your idea of just documenting your repeatable tasks, recording them, and then seeing how you can optimize them, how you can improve them. That's a great starting point. Um, you also, you know, you're you're quite active with real estate investing and I just wanted to switch to that a little bit and understand for families um, what is the case for investing in real estate I think real estate as as an asset class is um, is quite popular within the realm of uh, family wealth and that has a, a few reasons and I'm not talking Germany specific I'm just talking real estate as an asset class here mm-hmm. and it, I think it doesn't really well, certainly it matters where you invest, but it doesn't really matter which is your home country where you prefer to invest maybe or whether you consider investing anywhere else. But real estate as an asset class um, has a few distinct advantages. And um, I mean, there are different forms of investing in real estate. You can invest in debt, you can invest in equity, you can do it passively by investing in REITs or in real estate related stocks, or you can do it directly. Uh, but one of the, the the main advantages I see is that you can use leverage, and leverage just basically means you can you can lever your returns on equity, and that is something that is not really available to the same degree uh, for equities, stocks, and 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 bonds. Yes, you can leverage them to a degree as well, but I think it's certainly more risky, and it's it's not as widely available uh, in in the in the finance market. So that I think is is one of the key advantages of real estate because it makes your equity go further and so it's it's it's, Mm. that's why i always think it's difficult to compare returns on real estate to returns on on a stock portfolio because typically you compare unleveraged returns but if you include the leveraged uh returns or or you know include them in your analysis then real estate comes out much more favorably than 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 equities Mm. it doesn't have to be but certainly Mm. and what are the kind of key trends we're seeing in the real estate market now um emerging from the pandemic 
Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, at, at the moment, I find it real, really difficult to, um, to find interesting investment properties here in Germany because uh, prices have moved up quite considerably, um, not, not primarily driven by the pandemic, uh, more driven, I think, by the low interest rate environment that we, we are seeing, still seeing in, in Europe and, and most of the, of the Western world. Mm. Um, so I think there's, there, there's so much money around that needs to find a home and, um, yeah. and well, because, uh, bonds basically don't yield anything anymore. Uh, most of the money goes towards the stock markets and, and, and real estate basically, which pushes, pushes prices, prices up. And that makes it really difficult, uh, first of all, to see, uh, what point in the cycle we are at. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the fear is that we are pretty much at the top of the cycle. So it, it might strategically not be wise to enter the real estate market now. Although I still think you can find opportunities, but you have to, you know, accept uh, probably a higher level of risk to to really move into real estate and, and make it worth your while because uh, initial yields are so low that they often don't even carry the cost of, of operating the asset, let alone uh, the debt service that you may take on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's quite difficult. It's particularly true for the residential sector here in Germany and I, I, I think also in, in, in other markets. Um, uh, but even more so on, on the commercial side. And the commercial yeah. side has been partially hit quite hard by, by the pandem pandemic. I mean, there's still a big question mark about the demand for office space in the medium to longer term with, with everybody you know, going into home office and uh, working uh, via Zoom and, and, uh, and similar uh, things. So there are big shifts on the, in the commercial markets happening on the, on the occupier demand level, uh, but there's still the weight of money. And that creates a dynamic that I think is, is still in the making. And it's, we, can't, we still don't really know where things are going to end up. I mean, retail is another sector that's been badly hit by, by COVID, uh, even though uh, for retail, I think that's just accelerated a trend that was already there before the pandemic hit us. Uh, basically, the move towards online retail and and uh, delivery services, mm, mm. whereas logistics have has benefited uh, quite a bit because, of course, all all the the Amazon packages need to be delivered, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we need more more truck drivers and and uh, warehouses. Yes, I, I know too well about Amazon. Uh, we have a bit of an addiction to ordering stuff from them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in these times um i'm curious so you, you know when we you introduce yourself you mentioned that you're passionate about um, doing business in such a way that leaves a positive impact on the planet and on society and how does that intersect with real estate so um with your real estate investing activities yeah yeah i'm it's basically on 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 two levels and, and one level is that we are trying to align ourselves with uh, clients who uh, who have a similar passion or similar aim and vision mm -hmm. um so we're trying to uh pin that down in in terms of asking them which of the united nations uh, sustainable development goals would you support so um, i mean there are 17 of them and and i think if somebody commits themselves um to supporting at least one of these goals, 
then you know we've we've uh, we have an intersection that we can that, that we can work on and um, now that's that and then of course we do try um, to um, think about our decisions on an operational level in terms of what does that mean for the environment and um, I have to admit that we are we are not I, I mean I wouldn't say we are a really sustainable business at this point in time that that would be uh, a false claim but we are certainly working towards that we're trying to find ways of um, you know making making heating uh, heating systems renewable um, we have um, switched all the electricity suppliers that we have under management uh, to basically electricity suppliers that generate their electricity from renewable uh, resources. Um, so th- those are little things that we do and try and find in our uh, day-to-day operations where we can make a switch. Excellent. Excellent. And um, back to your podcast and the True Wealth Project, can you just share more about that? Yeah, basically on the podcast, I, I, I pick experts' brains uh, on, you know, how, how can I uh, structure and manage my wealth uh, in a, a technical uh, way? How can I, you know, come up with an asset allocation? How can I deal with, with, with crisis situations? What does the uh, COVID uh, crisis mean for, for managing wealth, et cetera? So that's more on a, on a wealth management level. But I also try and pick their brains on, on things like how can I achieve an impact? How can I, you know, um, how can I make it uh, make my wealth work for my purpose? How can I basically make it make it um, work for improving the environment? Uh, so, impact investing would be a topic that that I would cover on on the podcast. But also, of course, the the issue of you know how how can I prepare my wealth, my business. Um, so that my 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 family can can take over or someone else can take over so that's the the succession and and legacy part um mm. that I'm trying to address there so it's it's a wide um a range wide range of topics that that I can cover in in the podcast and uh I basically work on the premise of what I call the true wealth formula and the true wealth formula is nothing else but a weighted average some form of average of of these factors financial wealth impact on mm. purpose and succession or legacy. Those are the three pillars that I cover on the podcast and that I'm trying to extract as much practical knowledge and applicable um, steps from from these experts that I interview as possible. Wow. So walk us through that formula again, financial capital. It's, it's basically some, some form of weighted combination of financial wealth, mm-hmm. impact of purpose and succession or legacy. Hmm. That's assuming hmm. I have a level of wealth. What mm-hmm. do I do with it to make mm-hmm. make an impact and to make it work for my purpose? And how can I make sure that it has a lasting effect by transferring it to the next generation and and future generations? I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And what would you say you you want your legacy to be? Well, really, I want to I want to help as many as many people as possible to to make their wealth and their business a force for good, and that I, I would I mean it would be a, a great if 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 someday down the line you know people would think of me as 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 the legacy making guy, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Uh, it's I, I you know I th- I think it's more about the idea of longevity, long term, lasting impact. 
and um and and using wealth and business as a force for good that is something that it's 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 about the idea that i want to make stick rather than you know i i don't need a a big sign with my name above the door it's 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 the idea that i want to make stick i love that i absolutely love that um if anyone wants to get hold of you how best can they reach you well they can find me on linkedin uh um which is probably the easiest way um and then, of course, we have a homepage, which is jansenco.com. And there's a contact form. And, uh, yeah, people can find me that way. I'm also on, on Twitter and Instagram with the uh, True Wealth Project. Um, so um, there, there are many ways to find me. And um, where can they find your podcast? Uh, well, basically on any of the established services. Uh, I, I tend to uh, qu- uh, quote the the Apple iTunes store, but of course, you know, it's available on Google on on well all the others really. Yeah, but it's also on my on my homepage. So on on the jansenco.com slash podcast, they can find the uh, latest episodes which are embedded there. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sasha. I've learned so much um, from you. It's been a great conversation. Lovely. It was great being here and uh, uh, I look forward to listening to the episode. Yes. Oh, that was so, so, so good. I loved Sasha's point about detachment from a business and the distinction between being self-employed <laughs> and being an entrepreneur and the need to extract oneself from the centrality of the day-to-day operations so one can evolve and ascend towards stewardship role, a shareholder role, an ownership role. And I liken it to taking flight. Um, For us to be able to move towards our destination, we have to ascend, right? We have to grow at higher altitudes. And the higher the altitudes, the further away we are from being able to see the minute details as to what's on the ground. But it's absolutely necessary if we want to elevate to greater heights and to move towards our destination of legacy. So it's difficult to move away, to pull away initially. It's really more an emotional state of being. And a lot, there's a lot of assumptions like no one else can do this the way I do. They can. <laughs> they can probably do it in their own way. The work will still get done. But there's a lot of work in really reflecting as to what is the current role that I play right now? And what are the tasks that accompany that role? And how can I then outsource that to someone else, delegate that to someone else so that I can then create a new role for myself as a steward, as a shareholder? So, yeah, awesome. That was really fantastic. Really enjoyed that. Again, folks, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a rating review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. It really helps with the algorithms for the podcast so that other folks can see this. Um, Podcasts are quite strange in that, you know, um, it's really based on like all this algorithm stuff. So, So, yeah, people might not be aware that the podcast exists. And another way they can become aware is if you share it with them, you can share this link with someone that you know is next gen or from a family enterprise and navigating a lot of change and just needs assistance with that so spread the word spread the love thank you so much take good care and god bless you